Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we do our very best to celebrate Keyforge, its wonderful community, and of course, the excitement we all get of Discovery. I am still somehow here as your co-host, Ed Pocock, and I am joined as always by the man who has spent far too long in the halls of Sanctum that he makes the ravings of the mad prophet Gizzleheart look vaguely sane. It's Zach Armstrong. How are you doing, Zach? I am great, Ed. I've absorbed all the knowledge that uh, the architects have to offer, and I have ascended. I'm actually casting my voice directly into the internet by the power of my will for the purposes of this recording. It's really uh, it's really a new kind of experience. Wonderful. And then, then, listener, you can look forward to the next 30 minutes full of conspiracy theories and madness as we dive into... Oh, oh, uh, CD-ROM. CD-ROM, following up. I played the games. I did all 150. I did it. He did it. I did it. And Zach is, of course, referring to his very own approach to getting to know your deck a little bit better. Um, So, Mm -hmm. Zach, should we give a bit of a reminder to our listeners of of what CD-ROM is and uh, spoilers why we're changing the name a little bit because... Hey, turns out kids don't even know what a CD-ROM is these days. <laughs> yes, and I needed more letters than USB afforded us, unfortunately. But yes, back in February of 2020, uh, all that time ago, we launched an episode called CD-ROM, uh, or going on an Epic Quest CD-ROM along those lines. And what it was was a episode where we debuted a system for getting to know your unique deck. Uh, Richard Garfield, of course, has talked about in many interviews uh, in Keyforge, and it's been a selling point of Keyforge, is that decks are unique, and so you can be the best in the world at your particular deck. And thanks to variants like Adaptive, and, you know, one-round adaptive, fast adaptive, uh, you can actually, uh, in a competitive way, actually kind of weaponize being the best at just whatever your deck happens to be. And it's also just fun to get to know these individual decks. And so uh, the the knowledge, the common knowledge, of course, from Brad to everyone else is it's just common knowledge that if you want to get better at a deck, you just play it a bunch of times. And I wanted to bring a little structure to that. So I came up with CD-ROM. I talked about it a bit, um, and our our Patreon subscribers liked it a lot. And then uh, Muffins uh, came up with a worksheet for it, which I hadn't even thought up, which took it to the next level. Um, And so what what all of that stood for, right, CD-ROM, 
uh, was C for competition, taking the deck to competitive play a few times, whether uh, something on TCO or, uh, you know, a local event when it was safe. Discussion, talking about the deck with others and the experiences you have uh, while playing it. Repetition, just getting those reps in. Uh, Observation, have other people watch you playing the deck and give feedback. And then memorization, memorizing your deck list and being able to list all the cards from memory. So uh, this uh, was picked up by a few people, which just kind of floored me. Uh, Waterada from Australia has a large number of videos where he had picked one of these uh, his decks and done this, uh, where he he dove in with it, which just was the most flattering thing. So go check him out on YouTube if you haven't before. Um, and what we did on the episode was, uh, well, I won't incriminate other people, but I opened a deck, uh, sight unseen worlds collide deck on the mics, crinkly sounds on the microphones and everything. And I opened that deck and I committed to playing 150 games with that deck, tracking it through the CD ROM system and then reporting on it afterwards, which is where we find ourselves today. I have a lot of thoughts about the system. It's going to be getting some simplification. Uh, it's going to be getting some simplification, moving to a 2.0 with a new, uh, a new memory device, uh, and I also come bearing 150 plays with Keepers the Strong Chinned, which was an awful lot of fun. So that's how we got to where we are today, Ed. Our listeners that have been with us a while will remember that I also opened a deck and committed to 150 plays with that deck, um, to which I'm hoping that you will be understanding having listened to our episode on Keyforge player types that not all of us have the sticking power to play the same deck 150 times. I think I've discovered and I've gone on a bit of a journey here that I'm just not that kind of player. I'm not the kind of player that can enjoy grinding with a deck for 150 plays. However, I do appreciate the the level of skill that you can probably gain with that deck that we're about to hear from Zach uh, throughout those 150 plays. I'm much more of a, oh, look, it's another shiny thing player. <laughs> Keyforge Adventures, that's a new shiny thing, isn't we it? We are My very goodness. excited about Keyforge Adventures. Um, so excited. Very excited indeed. It, it, and and. Honestly, Zach, I feel that that is probably going to be the way I play most of my Keyforge from from this yeah, moment sure. on, because just the ease and, and the super excitement of adventure as well, um, the fact that you can sit down and have a relaxing time with, with a bunch of friends, it's an easy way to introduce people to the game without saying, I'm going to be playing against you now, but also teaching you. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm definitely going to be using Keyforge Adventures to, if it's released at any sort of regular basis, which, oh my goodness, I hope it is. I'll be holding Keyforge Adventure Nights at my local LGS uh, just for fun. You can, you know, play sealed, introduce people to the game from it, just use it as a fun hangout thing. Uh, I recently watched a video by these uh, Magic the Gathering content creators called uh, I Hate Your Deck about the commander format. And while I still don't think Magic the Gathering is for me, the video series actually just showed me the magic of having fun with your friends and the wackiness that is that format. And it made sense why that is their most popular format now. All that to say, I hope Keyforge Adventures helps us tap into that group having fun with these cards dynamic that uh, Magic the Gathering has captured with. Oh, let me check my notes. A fan created uh, a fan created uh, uh, format that went official. (laughs) 
Indeed, indeed. But it's really nice to see FFG driving this one. And it really is what they do best as well. So the formula kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, with Arkham, no one really does no one really does PvE card games like ffg and for them to bring that expertise across to keyforge is incredibly exciting the prospect of it growing the player base exponentially is incredibly exciting um and uh, we've got our fingers crossed i think for full regular retail releases of this um, although we really appreciate that ffg have gone hey this is a time that a lot of you can't be playing this game face to face so yeah, feel free to print some scenarios out and and keep look, playing Keyforge uh, any way you can whilst you can. And uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be it's going to be great and gives us a whole new perspective and way of looking at our decks that we hadn't really considered previously as well. Uh, yeah, we'll probably have to go back and revisit our Keyforge player types almost. And when we start talking about decks talk about them from an entirely different angle no longer is it archon and sealed and adaptive but also how does this play in player versus environment how does this face the uh key Rakan and uh and its kin yes oh yes i'm so excited for that so uh listeners definitely keep an eye out for content coming from us regarding keyforge adventures you'll definitely hear uh, a couple episodes on Keyforge Adventures, at least in the coming in the coming months, so we're we're very excited to to take a dive into all that and Dark Tidings as well. We've got some uh, we've got some stuff rolling in with the tide, if you will. Did you reach enlightenment after playing the same deck one hundred and fifty times? <laughs> oh man, enlightenment is one word for it. I will say this is the most educational Keyforge experience I have had as far as developing as a player and learning how to play better and uh, across all sorts of play, not just with keepers playing repeatedly with this deck with the deck as the constant, right. And my opponent changing the situation, changing the sets I was playing against changing the variant I was playing, changing having the deck as a constant really helped me distill a lot of Keyforge lessons that I now can take with me anywhere, even if Keepers is, for Archon Solo, a middling strength deck, and Keepers is actually a brilliantly strong, at least with how much experience I have with it, Keepers is a brilliantly strong uh, adaptive deck. So, uh, yeah, yeah, 150 games is a lot, but uh, reached some sort of enlightenment. I definitely improved. I definitely got some personal improvement from it. Awesome, awesome. I have a lot of respect for the fact that you've got through that because I imagine that at points it must have taken grit to continue through that. It is a feat of endurance, I think, in card game playing. And uh, were there times throughout that process that you thought, I don't know if I can finish this? There were times I certainly stopped playing for a few weeks to a month, maybe a month and a half for lack of motivation of grinding the games out. I will say uh, it would have been tempting to quit if adaptive best of one was not implemented on the crucible.online. So thanks to that whole team, Cryogen, Romano, and especially Sky Jedi, who is the champion of that uh, particular variant being on there. Uh, if it was not for the adaptive best of one, being a default option there, I don't know if I could have gotten through it because in the competitive queue, uh, keepers the strong chin is just not is just not terribly competitive. Um, 
Oh, they they have their strengths. Keepers has their strengths. I must say that I I played a, a game earlier today, number one fifty, that uh, I got two check for my third key against uh, a Genka deck, and so did quite well against uh, Gorbelly. Many of you know from the competitive scene. So uh, hey, Gorbelly, that was game one fifty. Uh, it was a lot of fun. GG, <laughs> very well played. Um, but so I, I definitely have those dry spells. And the thing about one hundred and fifty games is that you see there are plenty of players with more than one hundred and fifty games on their decks that they love uh, fan of the show uh, and a friend of mine after he sent a deck and we talk a lot on Twitter. He's very funny. Darkwater Doug. Uh, he posted a screenshot where he has, I want to say eight or 900 games with his favorite deck. That's an AOA deck. And like that is a multitudes, multitudes more than 150. So like, I'd have to say he knows that deck pretty well. Um, but 150 with a random deck was a pretty big commitment. Um, but I, I got there and adaptive best of one got me there. Sky Jedi and his, and his, his scotch on Saturday nights got me there. <laughs> and, and you mentioned adaptive best of one. We often talk about how Keyforge plays in different formats and we've spoken about the rewarding that knowing your deck brings to the adaptive mm-hmm. format that it is rewarding you for understanding your deck understanding matchups it is almost the quintessential competitive keyforge experience there it is it is bringing those elements from chess uh compared to archon which you know can be can be the, the battle of of goliath so we'll put it that way so did did that come into being for you did you really feel like you understood the deck better did the stats tell you that you understood the deck better were you getting more wins towards in the last 50 games than you got in the first 50 games how did it work yes in the last 50 games i was uh, had a great win rate for adaptive full matches and adaptive best of one. I played in the online local uh, north of uh, Georgia, USA. We have uh, had an online league that ran for a while. Shout out to Lord of Winter and uh, some of the other Archons of Atlanta guys for running that. Uh, I swept the adaptive night uh, with this deck. I've played this deck for the adaptive slot in the Ancient Bay Republic League. Uh, and I, I won, I won there against a double Quixel Stone deck. It was just a brutal deck, piloted very well uh, by Big Z. But what's great is when you know the deck that well, and you've you know taken notes, you know what the matchup looks like, and you ask, can my deck, you know, does decks deck X win before decks Y sheds its chains and gets going? How does the other deck respond to chains? Um, and uh, how much gas in the tank does it have for? amber control and board presence and all of this other stuff, which I know with keepers really well. So in that format, when it's, you know, possible for an adaptive best of one to lose before the game starts with the chain bidding, um, I'm very well equipped to know uh, how many chains I want to put on the other deck uh, to either take it so that I can beat keepers, right? Um, and know exactly what Keepers is doing and what it has in the tank, which is actually my preferred method, uh, or just put so many chains on the other deck that Keepers can just uh, win, you know, on the way to three keys. So, yeah, I, uh, I have a lot of success with this deck, uh, with this deck for for those formats, which is which has been awfully rewarding to see at the end. And you've spoken a lot about the adaptive side of things there. And this is ultimately a Worlds Collide deck with Brobnar in it. And Brobnar generally have a 
bad reputation in Worlds Collide of being a bit of a dud house and impacting a lot of decks in, in a negative way there. So how much do you think that psychological side of things has lent in your favour when it comes to adaptive with this deck, that the opponent would look at it and think, oh, yeah, blimey, it's a Worlds Collide deck. There's Brobnar here. I don't want to play this with or without chains. <laughs> yeah, I think that in the adaptive format, and I've, I've really drilled down on playing that with the deck just because Archon Solo, uh, the deck can get, definitely find some wins in Archon Solo with a favorable matchup, but it doesn't have a ton. It's not, it's not what I would call in casual conversation, right? A strong deck in that way. But in that adaptive, uh, people see the Brobnar, they see the double Groke. Um, they, it has some good creatures. It has some interesting stuff. Um, smart players will properly value the Rock Hurling Giant, uh, a card that started in Coda that's also in this deck that says when you discard a Brobnar card from your hand during your turn, uh, you can deal four damage to any creature. Which is an I love that card it's so, so much, it's and so particularly good. with Worlds Collide, where there are some cards that you want to throw at someone, and it does exactly that. But you've also mentioned the power of Groke and uh, yeah, a few of those other cards, Barn Raising, that actually do interesting things and probably subvert people's expectations. The long and short of it is, I can take, if somebody brings a strong deck to Adaptive, I can take a ton of chains on that deck and play it because one, I know exactly how to beat keepers uh, because of how keepers Amber control works. And I know just how much gas in the tank it has exactly how much gas in a tank that has, you know, with uh, down to the ounce with regards to being able to take creatures off the board. Um, And keepers is not a fast deck. It's got a little bit of speed and logos, but not much. So as long as I can shed chains on the strong deck and then rev up at full power and then just make sure I'm playing to playing to keepers weaknesses, that is a great approach against keepers. So I honestly try to beat keepers more than I try to win with keepers um, in most situations. The chains will just get so high that the person's like, oh man, there's no way. Even if this deck isn't great, it will surely beat my deck with 14 chains. And then, you know, that ends up not being true. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. No, I love it. I love it. And and Zach, this was a long process for you. It was. And when you set out, you must have had some kind of preconceived ideas about what that process would look like. What has surprised you most along this journey? I think the thing that surprised me most on this journey with Keepers the Strong Chinned was primarily how much I learned about Keyforge in general. Like I mentioned earlier, with the deck as the constant and everything else changing, right? Matchups, different sets, different variants, all that sort of thing. Um... I learned a lot of key. Uh, I learned a lot of Keyforge through Keepers the Strong Chinned when we were talking with Karen a few episodes ago about uh, hand management. Right, like if you play three untamed cards your first turn, uh, you might want to just go ahead and play untamed again, even if you just have two or one cards to keep getting the untamed cycled out of your hand, so that you can have bigger turns of other houses later. And that's something I learned through just playing keepers repeatedly and like how can i win with keepers how can i win with the restrictions of this wacky wacky mid strength deck um 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the thing that surprised me most was was how much keepers taught me about Keyforge in general, even though it's not a quote unquote high powered deck, you know. Who would you recommend this format for? Is this something that everyone that wants to be a good key keyforge player should do then once with one deck to go through this 175, 150 plays with one deck just to kind of get that understanding of both the deck and the game through that lens? Mm. Or do you think that is reserved for players that want to be good adaptive players? I'm assuming at this point that we're going to see adaptive best of one formalized as a a, a real variant. Oh, I sure hope so. We we That would be amazing. So I think it's for... Uh, two kinds of people, which can often be the same person. If you are a Keyforge player who wants to go to competitions and have fun winning, which is awesome. You know, like we talked about in our player types, that's uh, very much the Hawk. And I have lots of Hawk in me, um, especially when we're, you know, in person, uh, you know, before the pandemic, after it, uh, looking forward to all that. I'm very much someone who enjoys competition. Haven't always done well at the sealed events I've gone to, but I've really enjoyed, really enjoyed competition. I like getting better. and. CD-ROM, of course, was born out of the common sense knowledge that I think has held up that if you want to get, uh, if you want to know how strong a deck is, if you want to get better at it, play it, play it, play it, play it, play it. So I think this system, if you've got a great Archon solo deck that you're like, man, I love playing this deck. I want to take it to competitions. It's strong. Or I've got this really wacky deck like Keepers that I want to be really great at for adaptive because the winning the winning ingredient in that adaptive is how well do I know the deck, right? Uh, I think this is a great system for that. I also think this is for people who want to dive deep into just the connection with a unique deck, right? The decks are unique just like people. People are, right? Everyone's unique. We have plenty of similarities in common ground, but at the end of the day, everyone's unique in some way, just like these decks and just like Keeper's. Some of us have, you know, ways we were nerfed out of the womb that were like, you know, this isn't great. I've got these issues going on, but, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to keep going. I'm unique this way. Maybe I don't speak as well as I want to uh, or maybe I, I I talk too much and I overshare. Right. You know, perhaps uh, I, I do that. <laughs> um, but uh, making a connection with a deck just through playing it feels really special. Um, and I've really come to actually just have an affection as much as you have, you know, a gen generic affection for a inanimate object. I really like keepers. I have a strong sentimental attachment to this deck that if it was just open randomly for anybody else, it would just sit in, you know, it would sit in there in their closet in storage in a large collection, probably not getting much if any play. Indeed, indeed. And will keepers the strong chins not the mediocre chins clearly not a nerf on the chin front there <laughs> no, uh, no will will keepers be making an appearance at the next uh vault or adaptive that you are going to be attending yes uh definitely if it's adaptive i will be bringing keep keepers there's plenty of other decks i know well that are strong but man i have not practiced with chains and uh keepers i've had plenty of success with keepers in adaptive so a, a strong yes to that keepers the strong chin is my adaptive deck and uh like many of our guests before us as in the, as is the call of discovery tradition so if you listen to this podcast and you play against me against keepers in this format you now have uh, plenty of intelligence to uh work off of to try to beat me <laughs> 
hey, we said it was a podcast for competitive players as well as casual ones, so they've got to get something from it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at the very least, you can you can hear all about. At the very least, you can hear all about the different decks of all these different cool people who uh, you may uh, you've heard on the podcast and you may come across in play one day. Are you calling yourself Cool Zach? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Cool Zach is ever a persona I could reasonably adopt. <laughs> uh, but sweaty, sweaty Zach, sweaty Zach uh, has has a strong presence in my life. That's for certain. That's for certain. I think I have an issue with being competitive. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's okay. That's why there's that's why there's sealed and keyforge adventures and all sorts of other things and and keyforge. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, um, Zach, we should talk to our listeners a little bit about how, if they have been inspired by your journey here, how they can indeed replicate this journey to uh, keyforge enlightenment. This journey to the 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 mecca of keyforge that is the cd-rom approach yeah so if if the uh the original cd-rom documents uh that kate developed i did a little like 1.1 um a few tiny changes here and there but uh kate was even the one who just thought of putting it in a worksheet which um is honestly the only way cd-rom became anything so big thanks to kate for that but if you like CD-ROM, as I said it, like I think that could be a good fit for plenty of people, especially if you are the hawk type, right, who wants to try to be winning with a deck. Uh, the observation part in there, right, having somebody observe you works great in kind of a team setting or if you have a practice partner who would be just really into doing that process with you, right, that's a lot of fun, uh, like in the the, the coat tournaments. Um then of course do the the full CD ROM thing. We won't you know remove the link for for these uh, the full CD ROM process. But as I was reflecting on it, I was looking at it. Uh, I never really had a formal observation period where I played the deck and had someone look at it with me, right? Look at me playing it and then give me feedback. There, I took it to competition. Uh, I memorized the deck. I was drilling the past few days, uh, just writing down all the cards from memory, which I think is a very critically important part of um, of uh, getting to know the deck. I'd even recommend that for uh, for somebody not looking to be competitive. I just think it's a great way to get to know the deck, right? Um, but I wanted to simplify. Uh, there was a couple things I wanted to keep, and uh, it allowed me to rearrange the letters a bit and just pick pick a few different phrases uh, to simplify a bit. So what I landed on was, uh, so in CD-ROM, uh, in CD-ROM, there was uh, uh, the aspect of taking notes was honestly one of the biggest parts of CD-ROM was taking notes as you play, but notes weren't even in the CD-ROM part, right? Competition, discussion, repetition, observation, memorization. Uh, it's not in there. It was just kind of tucked into repetition, but the notes ended up being huge for me. I have, gosh, how long? My Google Doc is uh, of CD-ROM records. It's 13 pages long in Google Docs, right? So um, that's a lot. And Which is, for dear listener, the average length of our episode planning spreadsheets. Oh, <laughs> Yes, yeah, we're we're that involved. We're that involved. Our script writers really work quite hard. Um, There's a lot to discover. The team, the team of script writers that definitely exist and definitely work, not on a zero hours contract, but twenty four seven to uh, to get Call of Discovery working. Yeah. So I wanted to put notes in there. So I had N. 
So I have N for notes because notes is huge. Notes is huge and it wasn't in there before. So I need to swap notes in. Um, I kicked out, I kicked out competition. I kicked out observation, uh, observation. I'd like, I think is great if you want to do it, but I don't think it's necessary. I think it's helpful. And I kicked out competition because not everyone, you don't have to take a deck to a competitive thing to get to know it really well. I think if you want to compete with the deck, you should go take it to some, you know, store level stuff. If you want to take it somewhere bigger, just to do it in that environment. But I don't think that's core to what CD realm was going for. Uh, discussion also kind of, went by the wayside because also inside of reps repetition, there were notes. Um, but the biggest thing about getting to know your deck as you play, 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 play is knowing your matchups. Keyforge is a game of matchups. And so you need to know your matchups with your deck, um, especially if you want to be competitive. And if you just want to know the deck and how it interacts with the wide world of Keyforge, right? Whether that matchup is another deck or the Key Raken, you got to know your matchups. So uh, notes, matchups can be antagonists, right? So we've got N, we've got A for antagonists. What are your decks antagonists? Who are they? What cards give it trouble? What kind of decks give it trouble? Uh, does a deck that flood the board with creatures give it trouble? Is it, you know, if there's lots of amber control like Mass Mutation has, does that just slow you down? So we've got notes, we've got antagonists. You need to be able to recall the cards. So memorization made it through. As recall, we've got notes, antagonists, being able to recall all the cards when you've got two cards left in your deck and you're not playing on TCEO, you have got to be able to remember what those two cards are with a quick look through the discard pile and say, okay, what do I have? How can I plan out this next critically important turn? So we've got notes, antagonists, recall, and then lastly, you need to play your deck a bunch. So that's the stand-in for repetition. Just play, 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 play. Get those reps, pick a number. I'd recommend at least 50 to 75 and then just and then just go for it. So uh, N-A-R-P. And for the life of me, Ed, I just couldn't think of a good um, like a good like acronym or mnemonic device for N-A-R-P um, to, to really help people get this stuck in their minds. Is there is there anything that comes to mind that would that could help people remember, you know, this whole process, you think? I can't think of a good one no. at all, I'm afraid. No, it's just really difficult. There's nothing coming to mind at all. Yeah. But I can think of a bad one. A Whenever bad one. I think bad, Zach, I yeah. think NARP. And NARP, huh? Really? What do you think? What do you think? I mean, it's NARP. creative. No, oh. no, one's, no one's thought of that before. Oh, my gosh. You know, Ed, now that I look down at my notes, I actually wrote those uh, vertically aligned, and it's Notes, Antagonists, Recall, and Play. Ed, I think I think CD ROM just became NARP. I think people need to NARP their decks. NARP your decks? Don't be absurd, Zach. That would consist of ripping up your entire deck. <laughs> no, NARP isn't that bad, but NARPing a deck, I think, is a great idea. Just NARP your deck all over the place. Notes antagonist recall play. Uh NARP is just such such a good word for it because narp is for better or for worse just such a meme with how huge he is and troll from call of the archons right has repeal three and narp has friggin his neighbors can't reap like what is going on there we love we, we love, we love NARP. narp we he, love NARP. he is key for narp is keyforge incarnate um narp is keyforge incarnate and we love him uh i actually i was very close to narp uh before 
as I was rearranging these letters, I was like, what can be memorable? And I, I posted it to our wonderful uh, Patreon subscribers. I posted a few options and one involved NARP. It was a little bit different. It stayed a bit closer to like uh, memorization, matchups, uh, repetition and notes. And I was like, well, I've got, you know, uh, my NARP ruins metas. And they're like, oh, we love the NARP one, NARP, NARP. I think um, uh, Sydney, who's on Help From Future Self now, just responded with NARP on Discord, which was lovely. So um, I was then inspired. I'm like, I've got to double down on the NARP. I want people to NARP their decks. NARP your decks, ladies and gentlemen. NARP. NARP your decks. But with NARP, you can often not reap. But with the NARP <laughs> approach, you will reap a lot of enjoyment, I'm sure, dear listener. Um, Zach, how many plays are you recommending with our new NARP Your Deck extravaganza? <laughs> uh, well, uh, with NARPing Your Deck, I'd recommend uh, what I've been saying before, the 50 to 75 just to start. Um, and if you're really serious and you want to grind some out and you're like me, where you just like to, you like to just go for it. You like to commit and see if you can follow through. I'd recommend a hundred and to 150. Uh, of course, if you're the aforementioned Doug, I'd go ahead and just go for 900. Just, just maybe, maybe hit the big, the big one K go for the big 1000. Why not? Uh, but yeah, 50 to so 75 is a good starting place. What I'm hearing here, Zach, what I'm hearing is that if people want to narp their decks, they get 50 plays with it. And if people want to mega narp their decks, <laughs> then they get 100 plays with it. <laughs> oh, I walked right into that one. Oh, you narped me good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, narp or it's a good uh, mega narp. Wow. It is, oh, okay. Oh, well. Well. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. That's it. Okay, I'm dead. <laughs> You're keeping me from reaping here, Ed. You're just you're, you're just putting the kibosh on all my reaping. Well, don't worry. I'll I'll go ahead and heal three damage. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But yes, Narp. You can make a Narp if you want to. But if you want to get to know a back deck better, Narp it. I feel like we should trademark this. <laughs> Oh, maybe. I'm not sure if we can trademark something that uh, we take directly from an FFG card. That's their intellectual property. Uh, but yeah, uh, good point. Well, Sorry, no, no, that's <laughs> Sorry, <not>. FFG. <laughs> I'll just, we'll, we'll put it everywhere. Narp, Narp's value is in his meme ability, and uh, secondarily, his girth on the table to to fight your opponents with. But mostly, mostly his meme ability. So I was very happy indeed, to land indeed. on notes antagonists recall and play. So we love NARP for reversal. We love NARP. <laughs> we for do. Reversal. We do. And honestly, I learned uh, the first 50 games or so I was still misplaying NARP and and uh, just just losing a game here and there because I had misplayed a NARP. Um, yeah, but uh, I know how to play NARP better. Sometimes he gets pitched, uh, but NARP NARP sticks around. NARP sticks around sometimes. I've come I've come to appreciate the NARP. I have. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, Zach, for sharing your experience going through CD-ROM, evolving CD-ROM into NARP, mm -hmm. which is, I think, a twist in this tale that <laughs> no one quite saw coming. Quite. Uh, but it, it makes a lot of more sense and uh, is probably a more approachable level for people to start if they want to start the NARP approach, going up to 50 plays. 
meaning you are ready for those adaptive tournaments as they arise when we're back out and playing Keyforge in person again. Yes, looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. As am I, as am I. And until then, we have many, many exciting adventures to keep us occupied. Keyforge adventures, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I've got to stop this before I uh, I go overboard um, and uh, someone will have to fish me out from the unfathomable depths. <laughs> oh, I think I think you live there, Ed, and you just pop up to get episodes recorded every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you are still listening, that means uh, we haven't quite narped you all the way out of here. So... Listener, thank you so much for uh, coming on this journey with us and sitting with us as I get to 150 plays with Keepers the Strong Chin. You'll definitely see me around the Crucible and hopefully in real life tournaments to come wielding this deck that I have 150 plays in, which is just uh, a bunch of plays. And it was a lot of fun and I'm very excited about evolving CD-ROM. Uh, into something new, into NARP, so that you too can NARP your decks. Uh, That being said, we have taken the CD-ROM spreadsheet started by Kate. We'll always shout you out, Kate. Thank you so much for getting that started because my dumb brain didn't even think about turning it into a spreadsheet. We have made the NARP version, and that is in the show notes. So if you'd like to NARP your own deck, mega NARP your own deck, uh, or straight up dug your own deck trying to get to 1,000 plays, check out the document linked in the show notes. Uh, We've got it as a Google Doc that uh, you can uh, edit only so you can just save as there so you can have your own Google Doc for NARPing your deck to your Phoenix Hearts content. So if you are enjoying Call of Discovery, definitely subscribe on whatever podcast app you're currently listening on. That really helps us out. And it keeps you hearing us every week when we come out. Uh, Well, excuse me, every bi-week when we come out uh, or every week sometimes. If you're new to Keyforge, definitely visit the new player guide on Archon Arcana, which is the Keyforge wiki. It's wonderful. It's And the new player guide is linked below. That'll get you started on your own unique journey into this wonderful game. If you're looking to support us monetarily, you can visit our Patreon linked below, where you can sign up to support us month by month and enjoy rewards like our exclusive Discord, where we get lots of topics. We ask lots of questions of our Patreon subscribers for the show, uh, like we had some people give input today. Let us know what you'd like to see more or less of on Call of Discovery by interacting with us across all of social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or if you're old-fashioned like me, you can send us an email at podcast at callofdiscovery.com. And if you want to poke around the podcast a bit, read uh, silly abouts about me and Ed, check out callofdiscovery.com, uh, our humble little website that we're quite proud of. But more importantly than all that, dear listener, if you think a friend would enjoy this podcast, please help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery? 